Welcome, everybody. I have a very, very special guest. I have one of our dear, amazing, amazing clients, Nicola Ginard Comedy, who is an incredibly successful coach who has been able to take her business to and above the six figure mark so, so, so quickly. Congratulations. I'm so happy Thank to have you. you here. Oh, it's lovely to see you as well, Eva. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Yeah. And, you know, the reason I wanted to have her here is a couple of reasons. She is the expert on niching and pivoting, and she's going to tell you all about that. And number two, she is one of those people I cannot even, I cannot even. She has kids, she is a mom, she has family, and she runs her business on what is it, 10 hours a week? Yeah, about that. Maybe a tiny bit more in launching time. But yeah, and I try and take the school holidays off as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would love to start with, can you tell us exactly what you do and who you work with? And then maybe share your story a little bit about how this whole crazy progression has been for you. Yeah, sure. Well, Eva, I'm a business and mindset coach for equine practitioners. Now, if you're listening and you're not a horsey person, don't worry, I'm not going to be talking about horses. I, I help people who work with horses to grow their businesses. Mm-hmm. And I have an extensive horsey background, which comes in handy. But really what we are doing is mindset work and business strategy. And it's so, so much fun. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. 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 Awesome. Awesome. So how did you get into this? How did you decide on this niche? Well, <laughs> there is there's probably a short answer to a long answer. I definitely created my dream job for sure. And I have... A long background in the horsey world, a long background of coaching people in person on an actual horse. I loved doing that for many, many years. It was really successful. It was great. And then I just sort of had enough of that. And I took a corporate job in sales, loved that. Then I had my first child and I didn't love that so much, the traveling and everything. Just, it just didn't really work. And I just felt like I love so much I loved about the sales role, so much I missed about horses. I also have a master's degree in, in science. And I was like, I'm just not using all my skills. And I wanted to do something where I could help more people. I wanted to be able to help more than one person at a time. I wanted a bigger impact. And I wanted flexibility so badly. Like I'm mm-hmm. happy to get stuck in and do the work, but I didn't want to be tied to nine to five or eight, eight to four or any kind of hours oh, that I just wanted to be with my um, yeah, oldest daughter was about 18 months old and I just wanted to play Play-Doh and then go and do some work at the weekend or in the evening or just even one day a week. And that led me to set up my training company, which sort of started actually as a bit of a happy accident. So anybody thinking about taking action do it because you never know where it's going to lead. Mm-hmm. So back in 2017, I was in my corporate job, feeling we stuck, trapped, miserable. I had this idea to set up a horse first aid course. It was like an in-person training day. And I just did it on my phone. I can remember this so clearly where exactly where I was sitting. Set this up on my phone as a Facebook event. I didn't have all the details, but I did have a payment link. And I shared it and I shared it and I filled all the spaces. 
And I was like, wow, this is so fun. And I ran another one and another one. And it wasn't meant to be a business at this point. So this was, yeah, sort of autumn 2017. I just said to my husband, I'm leaving my corporate job. I'm so miserable. And then I just did course after course. And the following year, I did 38 in-person courses. And I just loved it. And it became a business. I added in the coaching side. And it just grew and grew. And it's been absolutely fantastic. But if I hadn't set up that first course, if I hadn't just taken that first bit of action, I would not be talking to you right now, Eva. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a massive takeaway for everyone listening. If you're sitting on an idea, just do it. Like I had nothing to lose. It didn't cost me anything to set up that Facebook event. I didn't have a website. I didn't have Uh branding. I just thought, give it a whirl. It will be fun. And I think that attitude has really taken me a long way. It's always been fun. I want to say something about this because I know you, right? Because we work together every single week. And what you guys are listening and hearing, this is exactly what you get. This is not like a pretense. Oh, business is fun. <laughs> this is like the, the most lighthearted. And of course you have your ups and downs, right? Just like anybody. Yeah, you I know? am human. Yeah, so like, definitely. Yeah. Like, you know, we, all of us have been through valleys in 2021, but what always like, what I see with you that is different from anybody else it's like you're like oh my gosh this was so much fun I just you know generated this many sales and have so many clients and there's so much fun and the attitude you bring into the business that is so different and that is so inspiring and I think this is why so many people want to work with you is that you really your motivation and what you bring into the business is fun and that's what I want everybody that's what I want everybody to hear because everybody's like, oh my God, sales is so hard. And even when you talk about your old sales job, you're going like, oh my God, I loved it. Except you know, I didn't work with a baby, but I loved it. And everybody else is like, oh my God, sales is terrible. You know, how do I do so much? Oh my God, I don't like talking to people so much, you know? So that is just so cool. I just want to acknowledge that. And I hope that people can hear that and get something from this. Oh, definitely. Like, it's the whole reason you have your own business is so that you can call the shots and being yeah having fun is one of my biggest business priorities and you're you're so right Eva whatever you ask fun always seems to be my answer to any question where we're discussing but it's so true like who Uh wants to create a business which is like a job I certainly don't at all Uh Uh-huh. I just want flexibility and, and freedom and uh-huh. yeah, to have fun. It's uh-huh. if the fun goes, then how are my clients going to feel like that is going to be so projected back to them. Mm-hmm. And I want them to have fun with their businesses because it gives you such a nice life when you mm-hmm. can set your day around what you want and then you, the work fits in. And that's, that's what I just have absolutely loved about having my business and growing it and growing it. It's, yeah, the fun is still there and it's still such an important part of it. I love this so much. So, so, so much. And then what I really um, what I really want to know, I guess, go ahead and finish your story. I'm sorry I interrupted. Don't that. worry, don't worry. So yeah, I think where I was getting to with my story was, oh, I should really cover the, the pandemic, actually, my story. So I did all this in-person training. It's great. Have another baby. It's all, all fab. Loving it all. Boom. 
2020, we ran like one event and then we have to, at that point, sort of uh, February time, we were just like postponing everything, thinking Uh I'll be fine, like July or September, little did we know. And then, yeah, March hit, UK, national lockdown, nobody, I didn't, I didn't leave my house until June, I just was in the garden, where thankfully we have a lovely outside space here, so yeah, I didn't do anything, but I was like, what am I, what am I going to do with my business, and I decided, I made a really conscious decision, that all I would do was show up, and all I would do is focus on audience building, and I just thought that, well, ideas will come that to me. right there. Thank you so much for saying this, right? How many times do we see people doing the opposite? Yeah. All I decided was to go behind the scenes and work on some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I you did said- think, oh dear, like this isn't great. Like how's my business? And I was like, my business is not going to fold. And I said to myself, even if I don't make a single penny, because at that point, all those things in person stuff, I'm just going to have fun and build, build, build the audience. And that worked massively. It really did. And it was great. It took all the pressure off. And then after about a week, I was like, oh, I could just do the same courses online. And I, what was great is I did them live and online. And that was really, really popular. Um, And then I just, yeah, I took my in-person training, delivered over several sessions with another presenter, live and online did some other master classes and so forth mm-hmm. uh, and that was great and then I had this real calling to reach out and and do some of the coaching business coaching for a lot of my audience were coming on these courses and then when I looked on their websites and so forth their their business I could see their businesses could be doing so much more and that is how the second arm of my business mm-hmm. grew started and has been an amazing journey yeah for sure Oh my goodness. Your coaching practice, which went, which grew so rapidly. Yeah. That yeah, went yeah, from yeah. like zero to six figures in less than a year. Didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Pr- pretty much. Yeah. Maybe like 13 months, but yes, it was, again, <laughs> I just keep going back to fun. It was, I just had this calling. I just felt people needed help with their business. And I suddenly felt like I could help them. And it, it did, it really resonated with people and it, it really took off. And I think mm-hmm. because I'm not trying to help everybody, I'm not trying to help anybody with a horse. It's so very specific, the people that I help. I help people mm-hmm. who help horses. So if you think in human terms, you have physiotherapists, you have chiropractors, osteopaths, massage therapists. Well, in the horsey world, you have all those people doing all those roles, but just for horses. Um, and those are the people that I help with their business. And just having it so, I'm so clear on who I help. All my content is so relevant to just those people, not just anybody with any horsey business. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's made it really easy for people to see how I can help them. And it's made it really doable for people to come and work with me. Yes, it's, it's been great. Such a fun journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hope you guys are listening and taking notes on this. Because we know this in theory, we all have heard that we have to niche down, right? And we have to focus on a specific person with a specific problem. Well, when push uh, comes to shovel, what we actually do is say to ourselves, you know, I don't want to miss out on these people over here. I need to broaden the audience. Oh my God, I have nobody coming to my business two weeks into it, right? Yeah. 
well, you spend some time building the audience and nothing about that, right? And, you know, I can't niche down because how am I going to find these people? You know, if I niche down so much, like I'm going to find these only this specific group of people, right? And you decided, well, everybody is kind of like in this like vague space, you know, trying to be like everybody else and trying to like not niche too much. You ran the other way. You did it differently. You literally flipped the script on how to run a business. You're like, I'm just going to work with people who have help horses or help horsey owners. I'm just going to focus on this specific way I can help them. Um, I'm going to work 10 hours a week, which is unheard of in our space, right? Unheard of. And on top of that, I'm going to have fun doing it. I'm not going to make it hard. I'm going to have fun with the sales. And I'm going to grow my coaching practice from zero to six figures in a year. And you did just incredible, just incredible. Yeah. But I really credit the the niching down, niching down with, with a lot of the success because it's just made life so easy. I'm all about ease. If it's not fun, it's ease. They're my two most used buzzwords for sure, because I know where I need to be. I know Mm -hmm. who my people are. Mm-hmm. And when you know who your your gang are, your tribe are, it's mm-hmm. not that hard to think where are they. Mm-hmm. So rather than thinking of you know that kind of client avatar and it's trying to picture this one person, if you mm-hmm. are clear on you know what they have in common, so my exact client can vary slightly in age and and various things, but they all have that same job role in common. And then it just makes it so easy as to where they are. You know, I know what groups they're in. I know Mm -hmm. what conferences they'll attend. I know where I can go and guest masterclass and guest speak. I, you know, I can build links and network with other providers who would interact with them. I can be in the right places. But if I was just trying to, even if I was just sticking in the horsey field, that's massive. If I was like, oh, I'll just help anybody with a horse. It's huge. And I see so many other coaches well they help women like it's just in transition yeah it's just what does that mean yeah so broad or what else do I hear um yeah or service providers or uh you know heartland entrepreneurs what does that even mean you just need to really nail down who it is you help and I think of that as it's just a foundation like you you have to get stuck there forever Mm -hmm. you know so maybe you were helping I don't know mums battle their uh, organize their time or something you have to do that for the, for the rest of your life but it's when you can just get really clear on who you are helping you can be in the right places those people can find you your content is totally aligned you know what their problems are and your content just answers their problems mm-hmm. and your content is just it's like the hit the fix they need every day they look out for it and it just becomes well easy um and I think yeah it does feel like the opposite of common sense because you think oh that will never work I should be appealing to everyone I should be more broad but yeah I'm I'm walking proof that the the opposite works for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so let's talk about running a business on 10 hours a week oh yeah it's great what are the what are the tips that you would give to anyone who's really inspired by this? How do you make that work? How do you how do you split your time? How do you manage? How do you stay organized? How do you run your your office as the CEO of your empire? 
what made this possible? I think what made it possible to start with was reframing my beliefs around time. So I had a phase where I just worked a couple of afternoons and then some evenings and that was working fine. And then I got busier and then I got in a bit of a jab. I felt I haven't got enough time. If I had more time and I would see other people online who were further ahead and where I wants to be. And I thought, they've got all the time. It's all right for them. So that was my biggest problem to start with. And that's the biggest thing that's helped me to be here now is Mm -hmm. understanding that time can work for me. Mm -hmm. Understanding that I have all the time I need. Understanding that actually I've trained myself to be so productive that if I try and work normal hours, you know, if I try to do a six hour work day, I get the same amount done pretty much. And except it's been, I've taken up all my day that I will do in two hours. Um, so yeah, changing my belief around time and then getting hyper productive has been what has enabled me to run my business in 10 hours or less a week. Mm-hmm. There's so many things we do. I call it the busy work that just doesn't need doing. Uh, I was coaching some clients on this recently. How many people are doing the same task twice? Like you have your emails on your phone, you think you're being so productive, you're reading them in the supermarket queue, or I don't know if you've still got a full-time job as well at work, and you look at an email and you think, ah, oh, I want to, I'm going to reply to that properly later. You're doing mm-hmm. it twice. And yeah. so many people do it. You know, either have emails on your phone, uh-huh. respond to them, or uh-huh. just be like, no, email time is whatever time, sit down with your computer and actually reply properly and then it's just done Mm -hmm. so some of my best productivity tips which I would love for your listeners to go and implement because they have helped me massively and they are so simple one thing at a time I used to think multitasking was the best thing ever I used to think I was such a gifted multitasker then I realized I was just doing lots of things not that well. I wasn't really mm-hmm. finishing anything. Nothing had my full attention. So simply one thing at a time, shutting off everything else. I love to put my phone on like airplane mode and, and trying to work for very short spots. I try and work for 20 minutes and then have a timer for 20 minutes, do something full on for 20 minutes and then just move, get up, get a glass of water or something. And then maybe it does need another 20 minute slot or often I find it doesn't. I often I find I've done the task in that time when you give it a hundred million percent attention. And when you aren't like laptop fatigued because you haven't been working all day, it's amazing how fast you can be quite honestly. Um, and then also living by done is better than perfect. Like done's fine. I make mistakes all the time. Like I send emails with the wrong link or typos. I'm human, but has it stopped me? No. So those would be the, the biggest things I think your listeners could implement. Change your beliefs around time, hyperproductive, and maybe just care a little bit less about how perfect it all is. So cool. You know, I want to go back to one thing that you said when you say you change your belief system around time. Yeah. And I think there really is. And I'm like literally like seeing this as you said that I'm like, oh my God, I have the same thing. It's like we can't be successful. We cannot mm-hmm. generate enough revenue or grow our business enough unless we invest ourselves and all of our time and sacrifice everything. Yeah. 
totally yeah how many of us have that money block that you you can only get the money if you put the hours in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and, and it's so there it's like yeah, oh my steep. god mm, oh my steep. god so it's I so did crazy. an interesting experiment last summer like in June I said to my husband right take the month off work I am gonna work all the hours and I thought well if I work more hours I'll make more money you know have you done all this reframing work around time I still had a bit of a block there so mm-hmm. I thought I'd try, I'd try this I thought this is this is this is going to be the big month. It was my worst month of the entire year. I think it's one of my worst months ever in business. I I felt really uh, miserable actually after about a week. I felt like I had to work all the hours because he was there to look after the kids, and this was what I was meant to do: just work, work, work. Productivity went down. Interest and motivation went down. My neck started hurting. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it did not work at all. So I think, yeah, working on those beliefs, like what do you think you have to do to have the success you want is really, really powerful. Mm, so, so, so cool. I love this so much. Okay. Any other tips you have for our listeners that you'd like to share? I think we should just touch upon sales and how sales can be really <laughs> fun. <laughs> <laughs> I do love sales and I'm very lucky to have had a, a stint in corporate sales because selling is fun. And I think when you take the, the personal out of it, that's where I think people go wrong with sales is, and I get it, when it's your, your thing, your business, you've poured all of yourself into it. And then mm-hmm. somebody says no to you, it does. It, it cuts mm-hmm. you deep to start with. Yes. Where, when you realise that nobody says yes to everything. Think mm-hmm. about, yeah, think about yourself either. Like think of everything you see that you could potentially buy in a day or a week. Adverts online, magazines, newspapers, TV, shops, just there's so many options for things that you could spend your money on. Imagine if you said yes to everything, like you'd need another house to store all the gear. You'd be bankrupt. You'd be, you know, emotionally a wreck as well. Because imagine if you just said yes to everything and you were in every coaching program, you bought every course, every pair of shoes, anything you saw, you just purchased. You just couldn't operate like that. And when you realize that we all say no to things all of the time is really important. And also no doesn't mean no, your product's useless. No, I'd never want to work with you. To me, no is all about the other person. It's no, I can't afford it, but I don't want to say that. So I'm just going to say no. No, I don't have the time. I can't see how that's going to work for me. And I think when you can reframe that no, and so many no's turn into yeses later, um, that really just takes the sting out of it. And I think you can just turn it into a game. Uh, You know, Eva, you said to me months ago, how get the nose first and I think that's so true like if you're in a launch phase let the nose come out let them float to the surface because the people that don't say anything are potential yeses um, and the people that say no it doesn't have to derail you it, they can just be no for now uh, mm-hmm. and I think keeping sales yeah taking the personal out of sales and, and just getting the fun back in makes all the difference because it it can be just a really cool game. That's so, so, so cool. I think like this is something that we need to sit with. 
what is the resistance to sales? You know, it's, it's the fear of the rejection. It's also sometimes I feel like for people, it's the fear of the emotional enmeshment that they get because we have our clients. It can be like, you know, you're caring for all your clients. You're giving so much energy, right? And then there is when you go to prospecting and sales, it's just so much energy sometimes. It's so much energy. And I think a lot of the people who are empathic um, and who really, you know, get connected on a deeper level burn out so quickly because now you're dealing with all the people who are not just your clients, but all the people who are not even a client yet. And we're in their field. There's just so much energy back and forth. You don't know. And then there's, there's the rejection piece too. And what I see with you is that you, I don't know if you, you realize this and notice it, but, but your energy is like compact. You don't go, you're very like, you're just very independent in how you connect with people. You're like, you don't get affected by things the way other people do. You know, you don't get like, you know, yes, like I said, you have your ups and downs because I've known you, but you always come back to center. You don't get upset because a client a client didn't like your program. You don't get upset because uh, a customer said no to you or a prospect said no to you and always come back to like, okay, well, you know, whatever that happened. No problem. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I'm going to keep making it fun. I'm going back on Instagram and doing my stories and let me guys show you how to do that. And just so awesome. I think that's so, so, so inspiring and so unique and so different about you. Oh, thank you, Eva. That's, that's a really nice thing to say. I think when you focus on the results that you offer and you just stay true to that, and even if you've got two clients and you know you've helped the last two clients, I think you just, just stay in your lane because we can spend a lot of time seeing what the people are doing and then think, oh, if I was doing it like that, would it be better? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you know you're getting results, you just carry on. Mm-hmm. You can just carry on helping those people. And I think the other thing to, when you're talking about prospecting, it's so true, you can get really sucked in and you, you feel like you want to fix everything for everybody, but you can mm-hmm. only help people that want to help themselves. So if they're on like a discovery call, great yes often you do end up giving people a little bit of help mm-hmm. it just kind of falls out sometimes you just can't help yourself um but th- you can't help them further unless they want to come and work with you like you you have to put a lid on it mm-hmm. you have to sort of put them in a bit of a box and then the ones that turn into clients they get they get all the good stuff because as you said so many people do burn out and I think that that's where a lot of it comes from it's that comparing yourself to so many other people mm-hmm. and then giving just so much to people that don't even appreciate it uh, and who people who aren't ready to invest and say yes to themselves and then work with you. And that's mm-hmm. a hard lesson, but I think something that people could definitely take note of for sure. I, I love this so much. I think you're an example of a really, really high level entrepreneur who has got her shit figured out over here in your head. You know, not perfect. We're still human, but yeah, just how you run your business, the hours you put into it, running a sustainable business, you know, running your family, you know, all the travels that you have planned for this year, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which we're so, 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 so excited about. 
But yes, um, I want you to tell our listeners how they find you. And if you have anything that you'd like to share with them, because if there's anybody in the audience who's in your space, I definitely think they should come and become a client of yours because what I've seen, the results that you get people, oh my God, amazing. Oh, definitely. Yes, come and find me on Instagram. It's NKC underscore a question. I'm always on stories and just come, come, come say hi. It's always good fun over there. And what I'm going to give Eva to put in the show notes is a link to my 100 social media guide ideas. And it's not just horsey, so any business that could be really relevant for, because people are always saying to me, oh, I'm so stuck for ideas for social media. So grab that guide, it could help you. And if you do have any horsey friends or connections, do send them my way, because there's a strong chance I'll be able to help them. And thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you so much for sharing all the goodness. I learned so much. I feel really inspired and I mean it. <laughs> so I hope to have you back at some point and uh, thank you everybody for listening. Oh, thanks very much. Eva. Love to see you.